0: hello tune in listeners you are listening to tune in <clears throat> excuse me radio for your mind body and soul looks like i didn't clear all the things out i was trying to clear out here uh we are today having a wonderful discussion with a new guest to the show dr robert prokop am i pronouncing that correctly i forgot to ask you
1: yeah prokop
0: prokop excellent and do you go by rob or robert or something else or dr um, prokop <laughs>
1: uh robert is fine um a lot of patients will call me Bobby once they get to know me.
0: Nice. I like it. Okay. So I won't call you Bobby until the end of the interview. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Dr. Robert Prokop is located in the Baltimore area in Maryland in the United States, and he has a wonderful acupuncture uh, practice called Windgate Farms, correct?
1: Windgate Wellness.
0: Wellness. Wow. Yeah, I just looked at the website, but all of a sudden, it just I just blank. Windgate Wellness. So that's wind, like W-I-N-D, and then gate, so the gate for the wind. And I love that because you specialize in Chinese medicine. So we have not had a Chinese medicine practitioner come on, except for some people who kind of <clears throat> dabble in several things. So you are an expert in this. As your doctorate shares, please tell our listeners the basics of Chinese medicines. Go.
1: <laughs> um well first off, I don't have my doctorate, just masters.
0: Excellent. Okay. Um, right.
1: So the basics of Chinese medicine <laughs> is five thousand years of um, transformation <laughs> and evolving <laughs> and changing. Um and still so relevant.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And essentially, um it's Chinese medicine's kind of an umbrella term, so there's Within that, there's acupuncture. You have um, Chinese herbal medicine. A lot of different kind of modalities really go into it. I do a lot of cupping and gua sha. And then, you know, it's just like normal, like Western medicine, it breaks down. You can tend to specialize in different things. I do more of a general practice myself, including um, facial rejuvenation. I do some sports medicine work. And really the foundation of it is just seeing where people might be off balance. We're looking at mm. yin and yang in the body as we're looking at yin and yang in nature and how the body kind of relates to that nature. Is okay. are people like too dry or people too mm. damp or people too hot or cold. So we're looking at different kind of variations of that and then tweaking things.
0: So, um, you've said some amazing words that some listeners are like, what is that? I don't know what you're talking about, right? Like the cupping, for instance, right? I think a lot of people have heard of acupuncture at this point. And a lot of Mm -hmm. people are familiar with the concept of Chinese herbal medicine, right? Obviously, you know, there's all kinds of ways to use herbal medicine to be well. Um, And so, but then you talk about like, right, like, are you too wet? Are you too dry? Do you have, you know, (laughs) too much energy in your spleen? Are you too metal? Whatever, right? And so like, when we talk about this, I think that, For there might be some listeners out there who are like, okay, this reminds me of like 1800s, like guesswork where we're like, you know, are you too much bile? You have too much plum." And so talk to us about the the validity of where that comes from and why it's still really, really relevant today. That specific aspect of Chinese medicine.
1: Well, you can study it. I mean, there's a lot of Western medical studies that have been done using the formulas, herbal formulas and the acupuncture components. So it's definitely like a proven scientific way of working with it. And it's these, you can actually backpedal and look at these theories from 5,000 years ago and see that they just directly apply to a lot of complex um, medical systems that we Mm -hmm. have today in the West. And you can actually integrate them really well. It's different language. I might say spleen cheat efficiency, um, but, or blood deficiency, but you can still kind of translate them over to a Western perspective. And part of my job is people are coming in with these diagnoses, people are coming in with these symptoms through a Western lens. So it's my job to kind of do my own diagnosis and evaluation and translate that over into Chinese medical patterns.
0: And I think, you know, personally, not as someone who is a practitioner, but someone who has used these services, one thing I find really fascinating and and very relevant is that Chinese medicine in particular, you know, it breaks down these systems just like Western medicine does, and then also looks at the whole unit and how the systems interrelate. And even though we have that as an option in Western medicine, so often because we compartmentalize our health by going to see certain specialists, you know, they're totally in different facilities, you know, that it's harder for us, I think, sometimes to connect these things. So one thing I love and appreciate about the Chinese medicine model, this, this ancient practice model, is that it does really look at holistically <clears throat> the way these systems connect with each other, and then um, and then also looking at the systems themselves.
1: Yeah, and it's amazing how they interconnect so much. Like you could have a patient with um, like migraine headaches, and they could be coming from what we call liver fire, or mm-hmm. they could be coming from a deficiency or a stagnation somewhere else. So even though it's like the same syndrome in multiple people, it might be a totally different diagnosis style because you are looking at how all of these different systems are connecting together.
0: Isn't that interesting? Like, so, so it could be, um, different things that sort of like create, the challenge and then resolve the issue could be like a different area to tweak perhaps. Right. Versus, and even though that's true, again, we when we approach it from a Western model, a lot of times we're like, well, this is what you do and you have to do this therapy first. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then we rule these things out and maybe we'll get to what the real issue is. Right. And that, that maybe is more of an intellectual versus like guided approach. Is that, do you think that's uh, off base to call it that?
1: No, no. Um, And I think looking at something, um, I use this as an example a lot with patients. If you look at something like insomnia, um, some people's insomnia is sleep onset. They can't fall asleep. Some people wake up in the middle of the night at different times. Some people sleep through the night but have really poor quality of sleep or a lot of dreaming. So a lot of those kinds of differentiations go into how we're diagnosing and figuring out Is it coming from this dampness in your stomach? Is it coming from, um, emotional stress? Is it, there's a lot of different components to it. Um, yeah, it's really just a beautiful system.
0: And, um, so then when you say something like dampness in the stomach, right. I think that a lot of, especially Americans were like, well, what the heck does that mean? Right? Like, (laughs) am I gassy? Like, what is he talking about? So can you be more specific for listeners?
1: yeah so when we're looking at so the concept of yin and yang um I think most people are familiar with the little symbol right The
0: little the little circle um, with, the, with the little it looks like a little goldfish sort of but you know the black and the white and the little dots right yeah
1: yeah so we kind of start there and we're looking at are you in balance do you have enough of the yin qualities do you have enough of the yang qualities are they keeping each other in balance um so if one of them kind of Gets a little bit deficient or a little bit excess, it's going to impact the other. So, we're looking at things when it and with dampness is the example. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a condition that has is too yin? Is there too much dampness accumulating and getting stuck in different areas? So, you can have um, dampness like arthritis would be considered dampness, right? You can have so dampness that's in the channels, so it's all very. You could have any of these things kind of anywhere <laughs>
0: because does it literally mean like water does it literally mean wet like what do we like more literally water is kind of its own
1: thing mm-hmm. um but dampness would be like water retention mm-hmm. and then even within the levels of dampness there's a yin and yang mm-hmm. there's is it more of a mist that's kind of clouding mm-hmm. things is it more of a phlegm accumulation um so there's varying degrees of things being very ethereal and then things being very physical and tangible <laughs> right that we're at.
0: and again so that's kind of looking at the whole system as opposed to like everything is matter right physical physical right. right and it's sort of like well no we have these energies also that surround us and you know these are measurable these are scientifically you know based now as well and and, and measured and studied and so um, this is a system that ages ago just accepted that as truth and said you know everything has you um, This, these different components. What I like about the yin and the yang is you, I say yin and yang, right? Because I'm (laughs) very Midwestern. And what you, what I like about that is that, um, that symbol itself, I happen to have it tattooed on my back, so I super love it, right? But, I, but what I love about that symbol itself, right, is like you said, it's in everything. And it's like, it's sort of like, what I love about it is that it's got the two blended together. They're swirling around, they're separate, but they're, there's not like a cl- clearly dividing line, right? The way they kind of share some space. And then we have a little bit of each one in the other, and that is true harmony and balance. And I think that's, that's a challenge for those of us who are black and white thinkers to grasp, mm-hmm. right?
1: yeah they're they're constantly moving and nature is constantly moving yeah. and we're constantly moving it's we're always moving through the these different phases of chi these different manifestations and a tree is a manifestation of this in some way of grass our bodies the food we eat and we take in this, like, we take in the outside world and transform it inside of us. It's mm. so, there's so many, like, cool concepts you can go into with chi and yin and yang.
0: Hmm. Okay, and so for listeners who aren't familiar, a lot of people have heard this. And on this show, we've had uh, tai chi practic- practitioners, mm-hmm. we've had, we've talked about and defined that chi. But just for listeners who are maybe tuning in for the first time, can you define chi for us?
1: Yeah, the way we work with it, um, or the way we view it, is almost, it's like this, almost like a steam it's actually a physical substance that we're evaluating Mm. and it exists it moves our blood it warms us it carries nutrients it is nutrients so again we're looking at that yin and yang is it more of a defensive chi that's more of an aura is it more of a physical chi that we're feeling on the blood Mm -hmm. so it can really take a lot of different forms and what we're doing with acupuncture is we're evaluating the quality of the chi in the different organ channels that are physical channels that carry blood and nutrients throughout the body and the points are along those channels so we're influencing the movement of that chi we're influencing the movement of blood and the movement of body fluids and evaluating where things might be stuck is there is chi getting stuck in the chest for mm. some reason, why is that happening? So we'll move stuff around and see if we can clear that and disperse it. I love it. Or is cheating?
0: <clears throat> I'm I'm feeling myself need to clear right now. <laughs> as you're yeah. saying, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, and they like dampness. So that would be like another type of dampness too, right? If we're carrying like you know we we're carrying a lot of phlegm, right? Like that we're having that in our chest. That's that's an that's an option for that. Um, so, and then I've heard some Westerners define chi as life force. Does that track for you also? Um,
1: a little bit. They're, they're, it's hard to translate because mm-hmm. the whole concept of chi is more fluid in itself. The, the original Chinese character for chi is a rice pot with the rice mm. grain transforming in the pot. So she is kind of this idea of this movement of the, the cooking, like the very movement of the steam and the pot lid. So it's, this, it's very quantum. It's, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's very quantum. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's very cool. So, um, okay. So I, you know, um, Robert is actually one of our series of guests coming on who are contributing authors to the Successful Body Book, which Eric Severson has put together. He's also been a guest on the show a couple of times. If you have not listened to our podcast version at anchor.fm slash tune in mindful radio, you can check out some of these previous interviews and you can hear some of these great contributors. And so um, Robert's contribution is chapter 19, I believe on um, on this kind of overview of what is this chinese medicine um it's called understanding the foundations of life with chinese medicine medicine so <clears throat> you you actually know how did you become a chinese medicine practitioner
1: so i started um when i was 19 i became a consulting hypnotist
0: yeah. and Wait, wait, I first was, of all, how do you get to be a consulting <laughs> hypnotist when you're 19? When did you, did you become a hypnotist at like 16 or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, so what's weird, so I was working at um, Disney World for the summer. I decided <laughs> As a to hypnotist? Like, take time off, go down, like move to Florida. That's great. And while I was there, I noticed I just had a lot of like generalized anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so I actually sought out a hypnotist to see if I could work on that. And, you know, it was so profound for me that I ended up, like, I went and took classes and got certified to do it. And it was through those courses I met two people who kind of pointed me in the direction of Naropa University, which is where I got my undergrad. And there I was doing Buddhist psychology, and my major was in contemplative psychology, and there were courses that they offered, which were psychology of the five elements, which Ooh. is more a Chinese medicine emotional work. Mm-hmm. So, I just kind of really I don't know, it clicked with me really well, and from there, I just like never stopped learning about it. I'm still taking continuing education courses and classes in integrative specialties and Chinese herbal courses. So I'm always doing stuff way beyond my master's at this point.
0: That's very cool and so you are a natural learner and um, gosh even just that phrase it seems like oxymoronic contemplative psychology. I'm going to put a pin in that just for a second when we take a station break because I want to hear way more about that with Dr. Robert Prokop. Listeners you are listening to Tune In Radio for your mind body and soul. I am your host Keela Parkinson on WVLP 103.1 FM streaming live around the world at WVLP wvlp.org. Today's show is underwritten in part by Kiki Productions, Inc. Communications Coaching, teaching exercises to help you cycle out of fight or flight in the moment. With the mission to create individual harmony to add peace to the world, Kiki Productions, Inc.'s philosophy is when you are confident, focused, and authentic with your message, you are a magnet to those you wish to attract. Share the love at coachkiki.com. If you are just joining us, we are speaking with Dr. Robert Prokop of Windgate Wellness in Baltimore. And we are talking about um, this, we're talking about all things Chinese medicine. We're talking right now, we're segueing into this concept of contemplative psychology. I was just saying it seems a little oxymoronic in some ways because I think of psychology in general as being very analytical, right? Uh, Very much about the mind. I guess contemplation could be that too. But when I hear the word contemplative, I think of that as maybe a little more meditative, maybe more about bringing in other senses. Am I getting this wrong or am I somewhat on track? (laughs) No, you're
1: definitely on track. Um, A lot of what it's based on is kind of... um, It's also an umbrella term, I would say. So kind of gestalt therapy falls under that. Um, Buddhist psychology and transpersonal psychologies that have more of a spiritual component to them, um, or like spiritually philosophical component to them. Um, Integrative psychology. So it's kind of a blanket term for a lot of the psychs that get away from the strict DSM style diagnosis and strict like talk therapy. And it's more um, wilderness based or it's more natural based. Mm. And it's taking the concepts from Buddhism specifically in this case, this was Tibetan Buddhism. Um, the school was started by Cho Yum Trungpa Rinpoche. Um, he's from Tibet and wanted to bring these concepts to the West. So a lot of it is teaching people, how to slow down and actually meditate and sit with whatever is occurring. Mm. Um, everything, it's the whole concept that nothing's permanent. It's all impermanence. Mm. The only thing that's really constant from the time we come into this world to the time we leave is our breath. Mm. And that's the only thing we really know is there all the time. And so it's really just zeroing in on the breath, no matter where you are, and orienting yourself to right here, right now. And it doesn't have a component. It's not trying to get rid of thoughts. It's not trying to have really any kind of focus other than just the breath and just the present moment.
0: So it's not about... So like, let's say, for example, someone comes and they've got a problem, you know, whatever that problem is, I'm stressed in my life. And, you know, and so I've decided to see some therapy, you know, get seek out some therapy around this. And so now I'm choosing this contemplative psychology and now I'm just learning to breathe. <laughs> right. And so can you give us an example? Can you kind of walk someone through like what, like a little miniature version of like that kind of a moment in a session might be like, if you don't mind?
1: Yeah. I, well, since I do Chinese medicine, I kind of got away from the traditional, like con- sure. contemplative psych mm-hmm. field. Um, the way I utilize it in my practice is, I would teach people a to breathe. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, that, that, it sounds, <clears throat> I know it so sounds simple,
0: right? But we, when we're yeah. stressed, we hold our breath, right? When we're afraid and we have anxiety, like you mentioned, whether it's crowd phobia yeah. or whatever, right? Whenever we're like trying to solve a problem really hard, we are often holding our breath.
1: Yeah. And I have people um, do somatic memory work. Mm. So after a treatment and they say something like, wow, I can breathe again, or I feel Sensation in my legs if we're working mm. on some sort of nerve thing or like, you know wow I feel better it's well let's take a moment breathe and do a body scan from the top of your head to the bottoms of your feet what's different what feels good and see if you can recall that sensation because mm-hmm. it's a muscle memory it's a training and so see if you can bring that up the next time you start to feel stressed see if you can just take a breath and remember how you felt in this moment. And the more you do that, the more you're training yourself. It's it's all a practice.
0: Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Okay, so, now you so also...
1: this is go one ahead. example, though, yeah. of that kind of contemplative psych work that I've done and kind of like mixed it into what I do with the Chinese medicine.
0: That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, and I, I just find it fascinating from like a therapy point of view, too, to kind of to be able to bring that. in. I think that it's great to know that those kinds of services exist for people Um, You also mentioned that um, a lot of the the work that you have, especially at Windgate, is wilderness-based. So tell us more about that because I love – you have this whole great connection with nature. You know, I've got beautiful images on your website. By the way, let the listeners know where they can learn more about Windgate and you.
1: Oh, um, yeah. My website is um, windgatewellness.com. And I have a blog there with a lot of different information on the elements and movements of nature – and yeah as far as being wilderness based i mean it's definitely a medicine system that came out of agricultural society mm. so it's people living within nature and seeing how that's influencing our bodies we're different we we have different things moving in us in the springtime versus the fall we have different outlooks different perspectives in the winter versus the summer and it's just that really flavors a lot of how our bodies React and have our health and wellness both mentally and physically. And so, I I mean, I think it would be the coolest thing to have my office just be in the woods. Oh, you know, yes, I'm me like, too. I
0: think I'd be flying to Baltimore. Like, <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, this magical little like <clears throat> foreign that I do treatments in. But um, yeah, we're really, really looking at the, the cycles of the seasons and the movement of chi. And so, in that way, it's really a nature based medicine. Um, and then, even like the Chinese herbs, it's the the smell of the herb, the flavor of the herb, the way it's processed and transformed. There's like an I, there's this whole aspect of alchemy that goes into it
0: mm.
1: on even just from the single herb level all the way into the body level. Hmm. It's just these little levels of alchemy and transformation that occur and it's such a natural process
0: yeah i love that it's so interesting and then i'm just curious this uh, we haven't talked about this before so this may be really off topic for you and i apologize if it is but i'm really curious like what your thoughts are around like how where does belief system come into play when it comes to like either herbal medicines western medicines or any kind of therapies that we use um, on that alchemical level in particular where does belief system come into play in your opinion
1: i think that and you don't think you have to necessarily believe in anything because it's such a measurable mm. thing that we're mm-hmm. doing. Like I can measurably, through my diagnosis, see changes, and people can mm. feel the changes. So mm-hmm. I think where belief system comes into play is actually just getting people into the into the door the first time okay. and actually experiencing it, <laughs> giving um,
0: it a chance. Right? <laughs>
1: yeah, because it's really easy to think, oh well, like that's. That's, like, hippie medicine, or, you know, <laughs> it's right. <that's> very whimsical. <laughs> and, yeah, and I think, like, the New Age scene really did it kind of a disservice mm-hmm. for a few decades by kind of attracting, like, a lot of, like, the more kind of, like, New Age, which I'm all into, like, the holistic, all these different things, but a lot of things people kind of view as weird also made their way into this. So it's really now I think a lot of Chinese medicine is becoming much more integrated and specialized. Mm. Um, And even right now I'm taking courses in um, different specialties. So I'm doing a study in gastroenterology right now. So you're looking at the Western and the Eastern components of it and then combining them. So I really think belief system wise, I think people should try all of it at once. (laughs) Go get physicals at your PCP, take your like medications for your blood pressure Come get your acupuncture. You might not need that blood pressure medication if you were getting acupuncture and doing kind of preventative work. And it's, we're doing, I do a lot of nutritional consultation with food energetics and um, holistic nutrition. And so it's these, it's just lifestyle shifting and lifestyle um, awareness, even. I think a lot of people just don't know the things that they're consistently doing that might not be great. And that's okay. If you want to keep doing them, go for it. But Um, you might have some consequences. Yeah,
0: no shame. (laughs) Well, you know, you bring up a really good point, Robert. And so talk to us a little bit more about the proactive component, because um, one thing that really, I think, differentiates the Eastern versus the Western model of healthcare is that the Eastern is more proactive versus the Western is more reactive. Do you also find that in your practice?
1: Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what we're looking at in chinese medicine are these very subtle things we're not by the time somebody gets to the point where they have this like severe um like joint pain that's a lot that we would have to reverse Mm. or a lot that we'd have to go back and putting needles in someone's knee isn't bringing back all this like synovial fluid or you know it's it's not we're not magic right um (laughs) But if you had started coming when you were younger, getting regular treatments, maybe your acupuncturist would pick up on something Mm -hmm. that they see in your tongue or feel in your pulses that they can address that down the road might not develop into something. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also, it can be reactive. I see a lot of um, like injuries. I I work with athletes a lot. And so people come in with. Torn ACLs or rolled ankle, you know, a lot of leg injuries actually. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, Western medicine is certainly reactive, um, but I also think that's a good thing because if you have a heart attack, you yeah, need some we have to have medicine. that too
0: for sure, <laughs> <laughs> for sure, right? And so I like what you're saying. You know, that it's not about pitting one against the other. Really, it's about how do you use them in tandem and how to use them in a way that's really beneficial for you individually.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: I like that. Listeners, you are listening to our interview with Dr. Robert Prokop of Windgate Wellness in Baltimore here on WVLP 103.1 FM. And this is Tune In, radio for your mind, body, and soul. I am your host, Keela Parkinson, and Tune In is underwritten in part by Unity of Northwest Indiana, currently developing the premier Center for Spiritual Growth and Education in NWI with meditation walks and retreat house events. Learn more and support the growing movement at (laughs) UnityNWI.org. <clears throat> wherever you're tuning in please join us um, you can listen again to our show at wvlp.org and you can also listen to us in our podcast form for your listening convenience in case that's not where you originally found us on any podcasting platform at anchor.fm slash tune in mindful radio and we of course are available for your questions comments and any ideas you have for the show at facebook.com slash tune in mindful radio it's also other another where another area another place place where you can connect with our guests. And so <clears throat> excuse me again, if you have uh it is it is springtime in Northwest Indiana. Let me just quickly give my general caveat every time of year this year where I have all the all the damp <laughs> all the damp is coming into my lungs. <clears throat> and so I'm doing a lot of throat clearing. It doesn't seem to matter. I try to get up earlier in the morning on a show, record day, and I try to, you know, have all the lemon water and everything. And if I do it early enough for a couple hours at a time, then frequently that works. But Clearly I didn't do enough today. (laughs) Springtime is sneaking up on me a little. (laughs) (laughs) It's that time of year. Mm. So now um, I think that a lot of people who have been in the U S in particular kind of much more, um, isolated, away from society, away from like the typical things we we're doing, away from kind of the hustle and bustle. So many people I've heard this year in 2020 and 2021 started gardens, right? They're um, they're connected to the earth. I, uh, a friend of mine sent me an article about um, how people were doing like these great 1800s hobbies, you know, making their own leather, whatever, right? And like all these different things we're doing. So um, so I think that people probably, um, if, you're, if you're listening and, and you've done some of those things, you're... Think about how you're getting back to the, those rhythms of nature. And so as we're transitioning between seasons, if you're listening to this show in the springtime, because it will be recorded for posterity, if you're listening to the show in the springtime or you're, you know, whatever time of year it is for you, um, Robert, talk to us a little bit about like some things that maybe are happening in the spring especially um, in parts of the U.S. that are affected by the changes of seasons, or also by the coasts, which are affected by the ocean tides and and that kind of seasonal impact. Uh, What kind of differences are there, particularly in our country, when it comes to connecting to the the planet?
1: Um, Yeah, so spring in Chinese medicine would be um, related to the wood element or the movement of wood. Um, So it's a lot of wind flexibility. You see like rising yang, these flowers just shoot up out Mm -hmm. of the ground. It seems like overnight. And you can see all this, these bright green hues just kind of flash around because there is that new, fresh growth. Mm -hmm. And it really translates to how we treat the wood element um, and those kinds of organ systems in Chinese medicine is is this yang rising is it mm. able to move freely is it getting stuck somewhere because that that same manifestation in nature is going to manifest in our bodies in the springtime too and it's it's wild because every season almost all of my patients come in with similar issues and right now in this this springtime i'm seeing a lot of um neck and shoulder tension mm. and so we're Kind of trying to keep that rising chi from getting stagnant Mm. and, like, letting it manifest how it wants rather than us trying to control it and hold it in.
0: (laughs) That's interesting. So it's like we're seeing the rising. Do you think that some of that is maybe, like, purging, like, the things we've stored in the winter, like, kind of letting go? Is that – does that make sense or – (laughs)
1: Yeah, I wouldn't think of it myself as like a letting go. More like if we winter well and take care of ourselves throughout the winter, um, we really accumulate resources and accumulate um, kind of strength to move on through the rest of the year. And springtime is kind of an emerging of that strength that we've built throughout the winter, that fortitude. So it's really us rising up to flourish as our true selves in the summer.
0: That makes sense. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, we're getting, um, so, I don't know if this, my Mac, <laughs> my laptop is trying to purge right now. It's letting me know it's about to overheat. So I'm trying to open a oh. window. So let <laughs> me not be too distracting here. Uh, but we're going to keep rolling because that's what we do on TuneIn. And so, um, so you know, I, I would love to hear also what suggestions you have for people who maybe who aren't, you know, seeing um, a Chinese practitioner right now, but they want to kind of, bring in that component of the wilderness aspect. Like, how can we connect with nature and make that kind of be a natural way that we let that chi rise and do its thing?
1: I really think uh, seasonal eating is a great way to do that. Um, vegetable, like asparagus, is a great like concept for like the idea of the wood element in springtime in Chinese medicine. It's this stalk that shoots out of the mm. ground. And then eating that, we're getting those components of it into our bodies and then the um like fiddlehead ferns all of these like fresh new growth Mm -hmm. it has that um that's that bright greenness to it that like expression of just really authentic wood chi or wind chi putting that into our bodies i think is really a great way to balance us and i think you can do that in every season
0: I love that so you know it's a it's a type of it's a different type of mindfulness it's about um being connected to the changes that are happening that we are a part of you know um a lot of times we think like oh that's happening in nature and i'm just impacted by it well you know it's symbiotic right i mean we do share this air with the trees we know that part right and so i love this idea of making like a green soup a great great springtime green soup and 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 loving something like that or like you said asparagus i just some people don't like asparagus but i love asparagus (laughs) (laughs) i think that's a great it's a really great example of it it's got that green like you said it's got the the wood even call the stalks woody sometimes right like it's got Mm -hmm. that that wood element that's really really cool so i think for listeners you know we talk on this show about mindfulness in all its forms and um, we try to call it practical everyday baby steps things you can do to be mindful and so maybe just if you're in you know some part of the world that is having turning into springtime right now and you're hearing this then it's a great time for you to just make a great spring vegetable soup and 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 do something that that connects you to nature in that way and call it your mini mindfulness for the week
1: (laughs) yeah another great way you can um manifest health or balance within these elements is um through creative outlets Mm. think of like this like rising like energy this like this vision rising up and so we can meet our destiny pretty Mm. much. And so I I always tell people to do something creative in the springtime, especially, because I really think the wood element has an affinity for creativity. And I I love having people do like music or like something Mm. visual, even if you're not good at it, just try drawing. And yeah, I think you could really, change a lot in your life just by going inward and seeing what your creative mind has to say
0: that's very cool i love that and then again what a great fun and rewarding and easy kind of way to really connect with yourself to to nature to the different yin and yin, yin i'm gonna say yin and yang yin and yang, components. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the yin and yang components right what a great way to do that um so that's awesome okay any other like little easy steps like that that you recommend for listeners
1: um, for springtime or, or, yeah, um, the wood season is also about, um, or the wood element, the wood movement, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Um, this manifestation has a lot to do with planning and forward movement. So see what, like, what, what's your future looking like? Where are you going in life? It's kind of taking a step back and just reevaluating the trajectory that you're on.
0: You know, I like that, and it, you know, sweet, so you know, so the Chinese New Year is in springtime, right? Which mm-hmm. tracks with this connection with nature in this different way. You know, we have a tendency to be like, okay, in the U.S., January first, I'm going to set my resolutions, and the joke is, right by January. Fifteenth, everyone's falling off the wagon, right? And then yeah. by February, you're like, what resolutions? Um, and so I think it's really great in the springtime to say, now it's time to spring into action. Winter is officially over, right? Um, we yeah. are ready to shed like whatever we put on in the winter uh, to, to get through and hibernate or whatever. And, and I also like one thing that you talked about in your chapter in the successful body, which is about, you know, um, matching our productivity to the rhythms of nature. And that's a really challenging thing to do in the U.S. when we have this puritanical worth that work ethic, right. Um, you know, to just, you know, to work all the time and never rest and never sleep and get up before dawn, no matter what the sun is doing. Right. Um, so, um, so can you, are you willing to share a little bit about personally, how you've shifted that for yourself and how you feel hopefully empowered in doing so instead of <laughs> shamed or guilty? <laughs> yeah, if that's it's, true. It's,
1: having a part of it's just having an awareness about how you're feeling in a mm-hmm. given moment. Um, for me, it comes in the form of exercise where like, cause I'm someone who really likes to run and really likes to exercise a lot. Um, and in the winter, you know, I was running throughout the winter on like treadmills or outside if it's warm enough. And, I started to notice, like, I'm just fatigued all the time, Mm -hmm. and I have this, I have this rising heat, so I I was kind of burning through my yin resources that would usually be replenishing in the winter, so I think you can just kind of listen to your body and see, like, you know, I am tired today, maybe I will skip the run and just rest, maybe have some bone broth or, like, just make a nice uh meal and, like, really nourish myself today, I, like, I think just doing stuff like that and just taking it easy, because you're right, like it's, you still have to work. It's Mm -hmm. not like you can just take a retreat all winter (laughs) and meditate every day. Right. Um, This is my fantasy, by the way. Most of us don't have that luxury. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, just, I think taking a step back from our routines and evaluating is a really important step in
0: that. You know, and I think, um, I think for a lot of people, it's hard to give ourselves permission to do that. So what, is there something personally that has helped you to give yourself permission to do that?
1: Oh, well, that's a good question.
0: <laughs> that's really insightful. I would, you know, I think a lot of us reach for that and look for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think that's a very hard thing to do mm-hmm. with our society is there is a really big shame component in doing nothing.
0: Oh, so um. much, right? Yeah. I mean, even when you talk about, like, you know, just saying, oh, I'm going to skip the run today. I'm going to make bone broth. It's like, oh, that sounds wonderful. But then what if I do it tomorrow? Right? Like, immediately, like, yeah. <laughs> then it's bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or,
1: yeah, I'm making my soup. It's like, oh, I really should have run.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, right.
1: <laughs> so it's a lot of, like, shoulds, mm-hmm. a lot of that kind of language that just really isn't helpful. So I think in that way, shifting language is really beneficial for, um, just giving yourself that permission by not holding yourself accountable to anything. Mm. Like, well, hold yourself accountable to things. That's not what I'm saying.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. But like without the shame stick, right? Like without beating yourself yeah. up. So I love that. And I think that that's a really good, um, you know, uh, a mentor of mine has given that, um, objective before. Like when you catch yourself saying should, then you can stop and rephrase it, right? Just in how we reframe that. And so if I'm saying I should have, like you said, or I should be, or people shouldn't, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's freeing too to be able to drop that judgment of other people should or shouldn't. You know, that's that's just yeah. as freeing, I think, as sh- as dropping our own shaming of ourselves.
1: Yeah, and I really love, um, one of my um, professors in my master's program um He passed away probably a few years ago, but one of his big kind of core tenets was always choose your mood.
0: Oh, I love that. I remember you mentioning that before, and I was like, we have to talk about that. That's so good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it's such a good concept because it really fits into, like, the Buddhist model. It fits Mm. into the Taoist. It fits into all these models of how to just live a healthy, happy life of, like, I can be stressed about something at work, I can also choose to be happy about something here at home. I can, it's not like we have to have one emotion that we're running out of all the time. We don't have to be happy all the time. We can, there's room for all of the emotions.
0: Yes. You know, yeah, go ahead.
1: Oh no, there's just a power in being able to say, you know, I'm choosing happiness today Mm -hmm. or I'm choosing, you can even say I'm choosing, um, drive today, like, I'm going to get stuff done, or I'm choosing rest today. It doesn't have to be an emotion. It can just be a state of mind.
0: I like that, too. That's really, really empowering, you know, and I... um, So, you know, a lot of people globally, have been dealing with grief, right, during this time, because there have been Mm -hmm. so many losses in so many different ways. And so um, I think in the US, we still have a really kind of complex relationship with grief, where it's confusing, if it goes on too long, and it impacts our work, right? Like, is it bad? How do we get out of it? You know, how do I move past it? And like, um, personally, I'm finding that if I take space and honor my grief, and let the feeling come up, then I don't say stay stuck versus the opposite when I'm trying to power through and work anyway, you know, then I'm just kind of like waylaid by it. So I think that, um, what you're talking about, Robert is really fantastic. Being able to just, um, to name the choice of where we want to be, you know, um, and even if that means like I choose listening to whatever comes up for this time, like I choose to give it an hour and then I choose to move on, right? And that's yeah. that's so much more empowering, and it and it is it's still kind of working in tandem with what with what happens in our lives. It's very interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it allows these emotions to move through us and not get stuck because yeah. a lot of. A lot of conditions and syndromes in Chinese medicine, not all, but many come from emotional components. Mm. Uh, yeah, Grief is a great one. It's, it's just swallow your grief. You have to get back to work. So time much. to move on. Yeah. We don't honor that spaciousness. It could, I mean, the emotions have different trajectories in the body. Grief particularly goes to the lungs, and so it's now, my how's my breathing five years down the road mm. after suppressing this grief for so long? And it's amazing. Some of the transformations you can see in people, you do some certain acupuncture points to help kind of move those emotions or unstick those emotions, and people will start crying
0: yeah, immediately.
1: Mm-hmm. Like that movement, once it expresses itself, that's the healing.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and, and- yeah,
1: giving yourself permission is really... But key component of that yeah
0: just like you're talking about you know giving ourselves permission to rest if we need to if it's you know energy wise if it's if it's um seasonal related if it's you know the lack of sunshine whatever right like and so i love that and so we'll, we'll keep asking the question and listeners if you have things that help you give yourself permission and stay strong in the face of maybe you know general social shame or whatever add that to our facebook site go to facebook.com slash tune in mindful radio share the resources that work for you because we are all in this together. <laughs> Ha ha ha. We've got to take that inner drive, right? But like sometimes it's really great to find those other things that have worked for for people and to to make them our own. Um, okay, so we are moving into the bottom quarter of our show. Can you believe it's gone by so quickly? And so um, I really want to go back to some things you mentioned in the top of the show. Um, so so other things you've done, like we talked about, like you know the Chinese herbs and the acupuncture. These are types of Chinese medicine that a lot of people are are familiar with in the in the West now. But let's talk about cupping. And some of the other things that aren't as, they haven't been as popular. They haven't been, you know, brought to the forefront as much, but they are still these great, um, kind of, you know, tandem therapies that are being used also in, even in like Western centers. Tell us more about cupping in particular.
1: Yeah. Well, Michael Phelps really, um, kickstarted cupping. I feel like for a lot <laughs> of people with those, you know, you get the circles. Yes. um, <laughs> So, yeah, you can kind of view cupping from a few different perspectives, Um, like Western massage styles use cupping a lot. Mm -hmm. And really what it's doing in that case, we're bringing circulation to the area. Um, In Chinese medicine, we're viewing it as there's qi and blood stagnation kind of trapped in the muscles and in like the fascial layers. So this cup will actually suck that all up to the surface so your body can release it. And and it literally works with like using, marks yes,
0: are. right. It literally works with using suction, right. So it literally is yeah. doing a pulling action, you know, in the blood and in that, that area.
1: Yeah. And I also do, um, this is where people start to think it's like medieval. Um, <laughs> I do wet cupping, which uh, I take an auto Lancet that, um, someone would use to test blood sugar mm-hmm. or something and um you actually lance an area that's where you can really feel it under the skin like a big mm, knot mm-hmm. it, and it's causing a lot of pain like so mm. that sharp stabbing pain you can actually lance it put a—I dis- i put a sterile disposable cup over it and actually just pull that stagnant blood right out it's not I'm it's not, not bloodletting like, right yeah yeah <laughs> say, um,
0: there are no leeches involved <laughs>
1: yes it's less extreme than it sounds um it's so interesting though because the blood will actually have this like really dark coagulated feature to it yeah it makes Um, a lot of sense yeah
0: i mean that makes a lot of sense to me because we know that the knot is there because there's so much tension held in that area right so if that's stagnating then obviously the blood flow is being restricted i mean it just to me it makes total sense yeah (laughs)
1: Yeah, if there's stagnation, let's get some movement. Yeah,
0: it makes total sense, right? So, you know, and and that could be broken up through, like, massage or things like that as well. But, I mean, if that isn't working, then more extreme measures are needed. Listeners, you are listening to our interview with Robert Prokop of... Um, of Windgate Wellness in Baltimore. And this is Tune In Radio for Your Mind, Body, and Soul. I am your host, Kela Parkinson, and our show is underwritten in part by Unity of Northwest Indiana, currently developing the premier Center for Spiritual Growth and Education in NWI. With meditation walks and retreat house events, learn more to support the growing movement at unitynwi.org. We've been talking, I'm sorry, I also need to say you are listening to 103.1 FM, WVLP in Valparaiso, Indiana, streaming around the world at wvlp.org. And if you would like to donate to WVLP to support this show and other shows in this community, or because you really like the idea that the Midwest is hearing about mindfulness, please go to wvlp.org slash support and share your love there. The show does talk about mindfulness in all the ways, and we do uh, we do like to try to define mindfulness, which I think is, is a challenge, um, maybe not as challenging as defining Chinese medicine, but <laughs> we're doing both of those today. So uh, we have a great quote that we love from Laura Fortgang, who says that being mindful means being aware of everything and certain of nothing. What do you think about that, Dr. Robert Prokop?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would translate that for myself as being aware of everything as mindfulness is being aware and orienting yourself to the exact spot that you're in. Mm. And I think that's a big principle in a shamatha meditation, which I um, do and teach to people sometimes. It's nothing in your mind is here right now. What's here right now is the room you're in, the space Mm. you're in, and being aware of that Knowing that you're safe. And I know you've talked about the fight or flight response a lot. Mm -hmm. And that can really take you out of that and be like, right, there's not a tiger chasing me right now. I'm sitting (laughs) in my dining room. That's right. (laughs) And that's how I would look into that quote of Mm -hmm. being aware of everything is literally just being aware of your space
0: yeah I like that you know there's a um, so this idea of sensitive persons right this has been around it's, it's becoming more popular now for um, I think people who have a lot of sensory sensitivities but um, there's a doctor Abraham Lowe from the 1940s who worked in the um, psychology field who used that phrase as well and he had some great little tricks little brain hacks that people could use he was brain hacking in the 40s and uh, one, one is like just being able to kind of name those symptoms and uh, those sensations and those symptoms and put yourself right in the present moment just put yourself right there to remind yourself there's no tiger and it's this great phrase that he he has taught people to say that people who run support groups based on his principles to this day still teach others and the phrase is symptoms are distressing but not dangerous Hmm. right so it's like like yeah you're naming what you're feeling (laughs) in your body and then you're like these symptoms are distressing but not dangerous right and i it's such a great little hack (laughs)
1: Yeah, it really helps people. Um, Another concept um, one of my professors had was dancing with your symptoms Mm. and learning to be present and happy regardless of what could be going on internally. I love it. we still it. have that choice.
0: Right. We do have that choice. And I really love your choose your mood idea. You know, I think that's really great. And I know it was your professor's idea, but you also teach it to people. And I think that's really amazing. Um, you know, I uh, I oftentimes when I'm coaching people as a communications coach, I give people this exercise to like tolerate the distress. You know, like you're doing something mm. new and you're hating it right now. Well, tolerate the distress of that and see if you can still get through your day. And they're like, wow, I feel really empowered. I'm actually learning more. <laughs> and isn't that well, (laughs) easy right yeah (laughs) good (laughs) because i mean i you know what is that that awful phrase now eating your own dog food for sure i'm tolerating my own distresses sometimes right (laughs) so um okay so we do have just 10 minutes left so in that time i would like to find out is there anything we haven't covered about chinese medicine um or about the successful body or about dr robert prokop that you would like us to learn more about
1: Um, Well, there's probably about 6,000 more years worth of Chinese medicine (laughs) we could cover. Um, (laughs) No, I think think just talking about the basics and the foundations of it is important because a lot of people just aren't even familiar. It's like this whole universe that I think feels very insular to people. Mm. So it's like, how do you even find a good acupuncture how do you like really delve into this um and part of what i did i managed a community clinic for a long time um where it's a walk-in style acupuncture clinic and people can come try it for 25 Mm dollars. and there would be like it's a group room so we just do points on like arms and legs we don't have people with this robe or anything um and i think that's like a great if people are like curious about chinese medicine but aren't sure they want to like dive in with their insurance plans. And, you know, there's a lot of upfront work that can kind of go into it from a patient's perspective. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And we make it as seamless as possible, but there's still a component of scheduling and everything. Um, So finding a good community walk-in clinic can be a great strategy for a lot of people.
0: You know, that's wonderful. And I think that too, there are a lot of, you know, because maybe in Northwest Indiana in particular, there are a couple of clinics or a couple of organizations that do provide this service. And if people, you know, around uh, my neck of the woods are, um, you know, sort of like, I can't find the walk-in that he's talking about, but I still am curious, but I don't want to commit. Because I think another point you bring up, which is great is that insurance plans are covering this now. A lot of, a lot of insurance plans are covering this, but if you're, like you said, not, not really ready to try that, um, you know, there are a lot of conferences as well and, and little um, workshop areas where you can, you know, ask for, for this or just check it out as a novelty. Right. Even like just, you know, have someone come and do it, you know, to your spa party when we're all back to doing spa parties. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. And I think it's also people have this vision of acupuncture from like 1950s Hollywood. where <laughs> these like. It's like old. We all look bearded like pinhead, yeah. Like long needles into <laughs> <Yeah>. people.
0: <laughs> or we all walk around with the needles all over our face like pinhead from the eighteen eighties horror movies, right? But that's not yeah. That's not it at all. Uh, I actually, so I have been a recipient of um, acupuncture, um, a few different times in my life and I love it and I've used it, um, to help me to conceive. So I can definitely, you know, like, uh, serve as a testimonial for that. Um, love that. And, um, and I have to say every time I've ever received acupuncture, I fall asleep. It is so relaxing, which is not what you would anticipate, right? It doesn't look like it's relaxing, but it's so relaxing.
1: Oh yeah, I, I joke with patients that it's actually the nap that they're getting for 20 oh, minutes. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. I have two littles. Um, you know, elementary age. My younger one is in preschool, and um, and yeah, I mean, like, just you know, the nap <laughs> is yeah. great for like, that alone. Do it, yeah. <laughs> it's guaranteed nap time. I love it. <laughs> but um, you know, I so for me, I will describe that I have like a real tingling sensation. I can definitely feel the energies moving, you know. And so, um, yeah. that alone, like it kind of puts you in this nice little buzzy, hummy, oh, restful place, and it's so easy to fall asleep from that.
1: Yeah, they call that um, da chi is mm. the sensation of the chi moving, and people experience it very differently. But it's, I think, yeah, we are waking our bodies up to realize that, wait, we're tired. Like once you get it like balance in your life, it's like, Oh, right. I need (sighs) sleep or I'm hungry. Or I think it wakes you up to like realize, what you've been missing or what you need,
0: well, and I think that that's something that is a really powerful point you're making, too, because it's not just like a nap that you know you're gonna get, right? It's a power nap you're gonna you're gonna get because you you wake up so restored and you feel energetic, and then it's like, oh, I can go conquer my day, and I don't need to stop at you know the coffee shop on the way back home, <laughs> you know yeah. I, I feel like you know, no, I'm gonna get, like you said, a good bone broth instead. and <laughs> and treat my body and respect it, which is really cool. Um, so now I'm curious, too, because we do have just a few minutes left, if you don't mind, um, what are some other ways that people experience that Da Chi movement? Because people could experience it. They don't have to be getting acupuncture. So I kind of want listeners to kind of tune in for a second and hear some things that they might I not mean, thought. really
1: just um, allowing yourself to feel the emotions that are coming up for mm-hmm. you and giving yourself permission, whether it's frustration, whether it's anger, whether it's sadness, because that's those are all expressions and movements of this chi Mm. um so allowing yourself to cry rather than holding it in allowing yourself to laugh rather than being embarrassed or like seeming silly or dance you know yeah
0: dance all of these different
1: this yeah everything we experience is this movement Mm. of chi moving within nature where it is right now and it's Yeah, it's just these beautiful little microcosms all layered on top of each other.
0: Definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, Okay, so we do have just a a few minutes left here. So um, let's tell listeners again where they can find you. And um, if you're interested, maybe just give us a quick summary of like some of the services, again, that Windgate offers and um, maybe if there's anything you're providing remotely.
1: Yeah, um, so Wingate Wellness is located in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I have a website, wingatewellness.com. You can get all of our resources, verify your insurance benefits. We're in network with um, all of the local major insurance companies. And we offer facial rejuvenation acupuncture, sports medicine acupuncture, Chinese herbal medicine, general practice services, and, um, I do a nutritional consultation as well and I can do um, virtual Chinese herbal diagnosis and formula building and um, nutritional consultation over the internet, over zoom, which has been really fun to do. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me when
0: That's very cool. And you said one that I'm not as familiar with. So what is facial rejuvenation acupuncture?
1: Oh, it's, um, it's really cool. You can, Use it for something like Bell's Palsy, for instance, mm. but you can also use it for skincare. So, mm. um, we do like needles underneath like the muscles of the face to do like slight lifting, little intradermal needles and define lines and wrinkles. And I do facial cupping and facial gua sha uh-huh. and infrared light therapy. So, mm, nice. um, yeah, I do packages of those. Um, it really stimulates collagen production, stimulates mm, yeah. the upward movement of the chi of the face. And yeah, no, I love doing that. And you can pay for it with flex spending or health savings. Oh, that's very
0: cool. It's like the fountain of youth that isn't, that's affordable.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: I love it. Without injecting botulism, right? Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Thank you so much, Dr. Robert Prokop, for your conversation today and teaching us all about uh, Chinese medicine and giving us some really great things we can do, some simple things we can do to be mindful and be present in our moments day to day and to be connected to our earth. This is wonderful. It's a wonderful thing to do in the springtime.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was amazing getting to talk to you
0: and do this. Thank you so much. and We hope you come back again and we will see you later, meditators.